you a counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply, then you, lovely person, are in the right place. Because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hi and welcome back. If it's your first time here, welcome. Really pleased you found us. Now today in this episode, I have a guest. I love it when I have a guest and it's the fantastic Tamara Howell. Now Tamara is an integrative psychotherapist based in London. I can never say integrative psychotherapist. It's really hard to say. Based in London and she's been providing online therapy for over 10 years. So that's long before the lockdown. So she knows a thing or two about online therapy. She's also really passionate about helping other psychotherapists and counsellors to build their confidence through examining all of their private practice policies, which includes writing all the ethical documentation and participating in experiential practice. Now, Tamara runs a Facebook group called Private Practice Support Community, and she also runs a group mentorship program called Learn to Love Online Therapy, which is great. And today, we're going to be taking a little look at cancellation policies. So have a listen. Hope you enjoy it. So Tamara, hi, it's really great to have you here. So for the benefit of anybody who doesn't know you, would you like to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I'm Tamara Howell. I'm an integrative psychotherapist. I work in private practice and I work exclusively online. And I'm also the project lead over at Private Practice Paperwork. And I have a group program called Learn to Love Online Therapy which sounds fantastic. And, oh, uh, ob- well, obviously in this climate, so many people have, I think so many people have thought about going online, but obviously with COVID, it's kind of pushed people's hands. So you doing something that's actually helping people in a really practical way of how to, how to make it really work for them, I think is a fantastic thing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think that I think that just learning about the skills so that we're in a better position to work online is wonderful. But for me, in order to really implement like a belief and, and a connection with the with the medium, I had to do experiential work. So that's mm. what I really like doing with people. Yeah, absolutely. It's one thing doing it, you know, reading about it. And it's another thing actually practicing it. So, yeah, I think it's filled a really interesting gap in the market there. <laughs> So today we're going to be talking a little bit about cancellation policies and I think this is something that personally I used to struggle with and no matter how much I knew that cancellation policies were necessary and important, when it actually came down to it, it was really difficult um, enforcing a cancellation policy. So so in your opinion, how long do you think the cancellation policy should be? this is a really great question and it's really going to be dependent on the therapist and the client group so for example if I'm working with um, people who work in the emergency services or a surgeon for example and they're on call and they're not able to do a regular Tuesday afternoon slot then I may need to adapt my cancellation policy and that's really only if that's my specific client group you know 
Um, if I'm working with people um, who have a lot more, who have a lot more predictability in their schedule, I can have a different one. And then also there's, there's my needs. So I've had a 24, 48 and a 72 hour cancellation policy, but once I had a child, I realized I needed much more notice. And now I have a seven day cancellation policy. Seven days. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I know some people might be thinking that sounds like quite a long time. But you're so, it's, you're so right. You know, if you have a child and you either have to get childcare or you have to change childcare, you, you need to know that this is going to happen, don't you? Absolutely. And my family needs predictability. I mean, so Mm. do I as an individual, but my family, my setup needs predictability. And so that just means that I'm not able to take on people who work on call. You know, Mm. that means that I have to, I have to be a bit more specific about my niche to make sure that seven days doesn't feel punitive to them. And I've got colleagues who have cancellation policies of a month, or, you know, sometimes there are some therapists who charge every week, no matter what. And I think that, you know, as long as we're taking care of our clients needs and our needs as well, then that will take care of the the relationship between us. Mm. And I think I think the thing that probably makes it difficult for people is that there's no absolute right or wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you have a look at the guidelines from different uh, membership organizations like the UKCP and the BACP they're very vague you know the UKCP talks about doing a written uh, contract and a written cancellation policy because that's where most complaints come from is misunderstandings about cancellation and being charged a fee for missing a session in an emergency for example the BACP has a very sort of vague um, uh, suggestion. I think it's even in brackets, actually, from memory, where it says, for example, 48 hours, something like that. Um, and, and I think, you know, a lot of people find 48 hours OK, especially online. Um, and maybe some people's schedules are more flexible when they're at home. Mine isn't. It's less flexible when I'm at home. So, um, so I, you know, I think we, we've got to take that into account. But also we have to be very confident in what we need because there's mm. no point me saying seven days if I feel a little bit, if I feel a bit, you know, ambivalent about it or a bit uh, like I'm asking too much. Mm. So some of it's about getting confident yourself, really. Under- I think understanding the reason that you have whatever the can- whatever your cancellation policy is, if you really understand why you have that, then you can feel very confident with your clients, I think. Absolutely. So there's the, there's the um, confidence that comes from self-validation. These are my needs. This is how I'm going to take care of myself this is part of my professional self-care and then there's the confidence that comes from practice and implementation so as we were saying um, earlier about experiential work I think we have to say our cancellation policy over and over practice it you know record it on the phone and watch ourselves and see if we flinch at a bit of it you know there's so many ways that we can do that. And I think that's just about getting really comfortable with the way that we explain it with our vernacular. And I think that gives us confidence in the long run. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'd sort of talk about this with my clients in the Grow Your Private Practice Club when it comes to 
saying something, when it comes to writing something, when you write something, make sure you say it out loud as well. So that it sounds like it's your voice so that it doesn't sound like a textbook, you know? So it, it, I think until we actually say it, we don't know what it feels like, do we? Absolutely. I think that's really, really good advice. And I, you know, I do that with all my paperwork when I, when I work with people on that, I say, you've got to, you've got to read it out because my voice, the way that I write contract templates is not your voice. I'm just giving people a starting point. Mm. You know, we've still got to read it out. We've still got to practice. And I recommend practicing with lay people, with people who aren't therapists actually, and seeing how they, seeing how they react so that our clients aren't the first people that hear our cancellation policy, Mm. actually, because it's quite, it's quite different to be confident delivering it and confident implementing it after someone has cancelled late you know so what we're looking for is confidence with the procedure afterwards where we're where we're dealing with the cancellation yeah absolutely I think as well saying it out loud really helps you to get that level as well because I think you know as a counsellor we're friendly and warm and welcoming and we want to welcome people in and we've got the therapeutic alliance and people often work relationally if I can say that relationally that's Mm -hmm. not easy to say (laughs) but then if we have a cancellation policy that's like right okay if you don't come you're going to get charged and that's the end of it then that causes a real disconnect doesn't it that can sort of you know there can be an impact to the therapeutic relationship if we don't approach it in a in a very um, thoughtful way. Absolutely. I think there's a there's a mindset with cancellation um, that's very important. And I like to explain when I talk, um, when I talk through it with clients, because I don't just give it to them in writing, but when I talk through it with them, um, I like to I like to share that if they are late or if they forget a session or if they miss a session for a work due. The reason why I charge a cancellation fee is because I'm still holding that space. I'm still going to spend that time thinking about the work or, you know, doing some CPD that supports our work or reading a book or doing our notes or whatever it is. I'm still holding that space so that like we're still doing the therapy, even if they aren't able to be there. So I think that that helps. I think having a mindset of okay this is about continuity this isn't about a punishment that's Mm. not how I'm implementing a boundary with them that's not how I'm saying to them like don't miss your therapy this is about taking care of people's needs and providing Mm. continuity absolutely and I think that unless we it, it could come across as punishment you're absolutely right and I think of myself when I go and see a counsellor how they talk about the cancellation policy really it, it it can either come across as these are the rules and you have to just you know follow these rules or the the this is how I this is how my policy works and it's because of and it's yeah, ultimately it tends to be for their benefit in the long run because it keeps that continuity up doesn't it obviously if people are struggling there's a temptation, isn't there, to think, right, I'm not going to counselling this week because I'm really struggling. Or if people are going through a really good phase, they might think, I don't want to go to counselling and talk about that difficult thing and open up that can of worms again. So part of the cancel- cancellation policy is maintaining that continuity, which is important in the work that we do. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I think also, you know, there's so there's such a wide range of um, reasons and 
that people may not come. I mean, you know, often we see people in counselling with symptoms that, I mean, symptoms, a bit of a medicalised view, but, you know, some of the reasons why they're coming to counselling manifest in not turning up you know they may be feeling depressed they may be feeling avoidant they may not be able to get out of bed in the morning they may just not really want to look at another screen if they're doing online they might feel really overwhelmed by the amount of screen time you know so I do think that there's something about being sensitive about that um, and working together collaboratively so if someone misses a session with me like we will work on that in the session the cancellation policy isn't written so that we don't have to talk about it and I think sometimes that's often what I hear um, you know when people talk to me about it is how can I make it airtight so that I don't have to talk about it in session and that's not the purpose of it we're still doing that work with them somebody not turning up to a session is really important valuable work isn't it I mean it really is it's like how do they cope if they feel um, scared or anxious or whatever's happening if this is their process that they would just kind of run away, that's that's just really valuable work. Absolutely. And I think it's such such an amazing opportunity for us to provide support through that process, which can which can show up in the rest of their lives. You know, if that if that's how it's uh, showing up in the therapy that they don't come or that they just feel really blocked and we manage to help them find solutions to that then that can be incredibly helpful. Yeah, so they can, they're not going to get told off, you know, because often they might sort of feel as though if they sort of, um, what am I trying to say? I think in life, sometimes people will avoid things because they worry that they're going to be told off. And if they see, if they experience that they're not being told off, that you're being gentle with them, that you're going to help them with it, then that, that sets them up for the future. Absolutely. And I think, you know, as therapists, we like to think we're creating this equal relationship where we're we're partners in the therapeutic process, but many clients will still see us as an authority, you know, no matter how much we say like, no, we're equals or we don't create a hierarchy in our work many people will still see us as an authority and maybe even a parent figure and be afraid to go wrong. So they may be afraid of our reaction. And so I also think it's really important that I don't react when I feel affronted because, you know, I used to feel a little bit like, oh, well, uh, you know, this person hasn't turned up and I might have my own internal reaction. And it's really important, I think, for us to think about, like, how does this feel for us? And not to react, not to not to email them or not to contact them when we're in that reaction. Yeah, that is such a good point. And I, I, I don't, I know myself. Sometimes, if somebody kind of cancelled, there can be some of your own stuff that comes up, and obviously that can be um, a difficult thing to process. So I suppose when we think about keeping boundaries, I suppose one of the things that we have to think about is. If whilst I'm keeping boundaries and somebody then decides they're not going to come back or if they cancel and they don't make another appointment, we have to cope with that. I mean, do you, how, have you got any advice on how somebody might cope with that feeling of a client basically cancelling and not coming back? That's the fear, isn't it? That if they cancel and you try to enforce a boundary that they're not going to come back. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's happened to me several times over the years. It hasn't happened for a while. 
Um, because I think, uh, you know, I went through that process and you'll see, it, you know, you'll see it around. Um, people will often talk to me like, oh, I had several no shows, you know, often I like to call them unable to attend something, you know, something a little bit softer if I'm writing notes. Um, and I do think that, first of all, I think it's very important to always work from a place of what happened. Maybe they cancelled because something happened, you know. So maybe maybe there was a fire. Maybe something happened on the tube. Maybe, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, maybe, maybe there's something, something practical. Yeah, exactly. Maybe there's something practical, but also maybe something bad has happened. Like let's yeah. just always work from that place of maybe people aren't trying to inconvenience us because what happens is if they... If we contact them and we are a little bit abrupt and we are a little bit un, un, unwarm about it and they have been sidetracked because of some terrible thing that's happened, then they'll feel that, you know. So I think considering how the other person's going to feel before we before we actually engage, there are a couple of practical things that I do. So I have templates for what I'll send and I obviously tweak it for each person but it means that I'm not writing my email when I'm having a reaction. It means that it's already been done when I feel very neutral about it. Um, And also doing the work, this is such a great opportunity for us to, um, to reflect on the use of our time and who we work with and how we want to work and how we can adjust and the work that we can do with them. And, and also just how we feel when someone isn't there. I think there's so much opportunity and growth in that. Mm, absolutely everything's a learning opportunity isn't it really yeah I suppose it's it's separating from from the situation our own stuff our own fears of have are they not coming because of me because I'm not good enough I guess and we can get so caught up in that I think can't we absolutely well I think also something that's really softened me over the years is um having made a couple of mistakes myself where I've Uh, made a diary you know uh, a problem in my diary and I've missed a couple of sessions and having to go through that process of like okay well how am I going to how am I going to demonstrate that I value their time as well as much as my own and so I think that's really softened me over the years to how I process cancellation policies yeah I think sometimes we can I don't know we sometimes our stuff can come in but I think for me, it's it's really good to remember how hard, I know every time I go to counselling, it's so hard. I find it so incredibly hard that for some people, it is too hard for them to carry on. They might have reached a point where it's like they don't feel they can carry on. And I think it's having the humanity around that, really, of accepting that this is where it is for that person. And they may have to stop coming for a while. But if we leave the door open, And the way we handle that, if they do decide not to come back, means that they can come back to us when the time's right for them again in the future. Yeah, I love that. I think that no matter what our policy is, the way that we implement it, if we are warm and understanding, then it always creates more opportunity. Even if they don't want to come back and talk about it in the session, they might come back in a few months and they might come back in a few years. Yeah, absolutely. One of the ways I think that can, um, I mean, obviously we're, we're thinking at the moment of this from the client side 
And of course, we want to do what we can for the client side. But from our side and from our business side, obviously, if we have cancellations, we might still have to travel to get somewhere, pay to get somewhere, pay for a room if, we, you know, if you've seen people one to one. We still want to be able to, from our business sense, be able to say, right, OK, I still need to be paid for my time. So how do you, I mean, one of the ways around this, of course, is getting prepayment, get somebody to pay up front. And then if they don't come, then then that's kind of the, the payment side of it's taken into account. How do you feel about prepayments? I think that in, in the world of online therapy, it's expected now. And I think that's that's the case with most transactions that go on online. And even before my practice was 100% online, when it was hybrid for the last 10 years, I would still take my payment online because it's much easier for me. Um, and I use, you know, I use Stripe and PayPal and, and that's all in, integrated with my scheduling system and my bookkeeping system. And so it's all very um, streamlined. But I think that prepayment's a really good idea, I think, especially because we're working online. When we think about most online transactions, you pay up front and then you get delivery of services or goods afterwards. So I think that there's a culture in online, um, in the online environment anyway, of prepayment. And I think even before everybody moved um, and started working online, a lot of us were doing that because it's so easy to streamline services like scheduling to payment to bookkeeping systems uh, so there's a real convenience in that when my clients receive their appointment confirmation there's a pay button so I think I, that's sorry <laughs> sorry I'm interrupting there I was going to say it kind of takes away that um, even having to think about it if it if it's all automated doesn't it Yes, that's true. And I, I do think that there's a risk of um, that not being part of the therapy. So for a lot of us who are a bit uncomfortable about money, that can be kind of an upside, kind of a downside, <laughs> because, you know, it means we don't have to talk about it so much in the session. But then it also means we're not getting the opportunity to talk about it in the session, you know, so I do think there's also there's a bit of a balance and it's kind of changed the changed a lot of the the procedure so um i do prepayment but sometimes people will uh, miss a payment and because i don't want to have a look at my system every single day i will send an invoice at the end of the month lots of people wouldn't be comfortable with that though yeah we we've personally chatted about this before it's not something that i would be comfortable with either but it clearly works for you and i think this kind of highlights how there's no right or wrong way it's finding the way for you absolutely and there's you know I think that payment and non-payment is also part of the cancellation um procedure you know and so kind of has to be in the work even if we just rely on our if we rely on our contract it still has to be in the work anyway another thing about um prepayment and missing sessions and things like that is I think that we have to budget for a few non-paid um sessions because it 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 means that we're not working session to session you know we have to see our income and our budget and our and our plans as a business and not just does this set one session pay for itself 
I love that. So do you mean then when you're thinking about your annual income to kind of budget in for time for holidays and budget in for, you know, the times when clients might be poorly or that you because inevitably we will have some cancellations. So put that as part of your, like your budget of your forecast. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'll budget for six weeks off a year because I might take three weeks, you know, with nothing. And then you've got a budget for illness you know, because we should, we should be paid for our time off. Yeah. So what that doesn't take into account is clients going on holiday or clients getting sick. So if they don't sync up with my holidays and some therapists will do that, they'll give their dates to their clients ahead of time so they can sync up. But if they don't sync up, then potentially if I'm working with someone, we could end up two or three months of the year not being in sync so I have to plan for that in, in the budget and make my fee enough that I'm not worried session to session. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I find the whole subject so interesting about money, therapists and money, people and money. I've been doing a lot of, of work on, on a money mindset. It's absolutely fascinating how difficult that it is for us to talk about money and be okay with talking about money. And it's in, a bit of an aside. It's interesting, isn't it? How how often do we talk about money in the therapy room? Generally, about somebody's attitude to money, like how much they save or how much they spend, or whether they're in debt or not. It's a fascinating subject. So, so that is kind of in a bit a bit of an aside, but it comes down to the fact that do we talk about cancellation policies, fees, expectations around money in the counselling room? Because again, it's a rich vein of of discussion to be had isn't it absolutely and I I mean I don't think it's unrelated I think it's really deeply at the root of how we explain our terms is how we think about money and our relationship with money are we do we really know all of our expenses do we really have a clear idea of what we need to earn in the year and are we comfortable charging because I think there is a culture in therapy of like well I got into this to help people and and it and it's a bit um you know frowned upon to charge uh to charge money for it you know and then and then what happens is we get into this process of feeling a bit um you know maybe feeling a bit indignant or feeling a little bit embarrassed or and all of that stuff is provides a lot of um information for us to work through on our own but that's about our money mindset as you said and that's at the root of all of this, you know. Um, yes, absolutely, we have to be understanding to our clients. But do we really believe that it's okay to charge for sitting and waiting for someone? It's extremely conflicting. And I love that because when there's something that feels conflicting, it means that we've got some really juicy work that we can be doing on a personal development level. And if we're doing personal development work, it can only lead to us having a better understanding of ourselves and knowing more about how to look after ourselves. So I I just love it. I think that anytime I feel conflicted, it's like, hmm, that's interesting. What's going on there? Well, there's always more growth, you know, there's always more growth available to us. And even I've been through, you know, many different situations with cancellation. I've, I've also, you know, cancelled on a therapist and had a very unclear cancellation 
policy in place where I wasn't told the cancellation and then charged for it and then you know so I have been through that and there's always more growth so even when we think we're really comfortable explaining our cancellation policy a new situation will come up and then and then we'll have this opportunity to dig deeper and really get to the roots of um, how we feel about charging for our time and experience you know for example when people um, when people have a reason and they consider a valid reason to take uh, you know, to, to cancel late notice. When it's a new reason, I will still go through a process of feeling like, oh, do I think that's valid? Is that an okay reason? And what I really want to do in my practice is get away from deciding whether something is valid or not. You know, if somebody comes to me and says, I really can't come, um, I lost my dog today, um, we had to put him down after a really terrible illness then am I not charging them a cancellation because I feel sorry for them? What happens if they come and tell me it was a guinea pig? Do I consider that mm. less valid? So yeah. I really don't want to get into the business of judging people's reasons and yeah. grief. Absolutely. And I think that's like really, really important is that we try to be as clear as we can in advance so that we kind of know what we're going to do. Because when we get something new come in, then we're probably more likely to be able to to handle it, but equally be able to really listen to ourselves and what happens to us when we do get a cancellation policy. Do we get a bit indignant? Does it make us feel fearful? What what is that about? Is it financially? Is it because actually I'm really short on money and I needed this money? You know, because you know those are the real thing, real parts of life. You know, we we need to earn an income. And I think the more we can get really clear on our, really clear on whatever we whatever we decide to do, because like I say, there's no right or wrong, there's no absolute right or wrong. So the more we can explore and think about what's right for us, and I suppose as well, the fact that it's not written in stone. I mean, you said that you've been through different several different types of cancellation policy as things have changed for you. Absolutely. And and it's something that I don't, you know, I don't just send out a notice and say, this is the way it is. I'll discuss it and we'll talk about it. And no one's ever had a, no one's ever resisted or left because of it. And I think part of that is how it's presented. And I'll always give them a couple of months notice when I make a big change to my, when I make a big change to my policies as well. So I do think, um, you know, the contract, I think of it as a living document you know, they might have it in writing, but when we make changes, we've still got to keep adjusting to our professional and personal needs. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, like, Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I really like what, what you were saying about the having the clarity. And those are some of the principles that I try to keep in mind with, with uh, practice policies and procedures is having first having clarity over the reasons why I'm doing something, the reasons why I have a cancellation policy, you know, um, being really congruent in internally examining my own process and then, you know, being congruent in my explanation of it and then being confident practicing it so that actually I don't feel a bit awkward asking or reminding someone of the cancellation policy. 
Yeah. I think the more we can be upfront about it and okay talking about it, then the better, because that's how you get rid of any sort of, um, oh, crikey, help me out here. What's the word? That's how we get rid of any um, issues and problems, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Is there anything else that you want to add about cancellations that you've been thinking about? Well, I think that scripting, practicing and um, watching a video of yourself saying it, I think, is just a practical idea of how to get really comfortable with it. And also and also just this thing of even when we think we're comfortable, dig a little deeper and see what other work we have to do. Oh, I love that. I love that. There's always more. There's always more to find out, isn't there? Mm. Brilliant. Really brilliant. Thank you so much, Tamara. I think what's highlighted, what's been highlighted for me is the fact that there are, like I say, so many different ways that you can have your cancellation policy. And I think as well, sometimes it can be difficult when you talk to other counsellors, if they've got something different. Sometimes it can be quite an emotive subject, can't it? So I think it's about really being able to explore what you want to know your reasons, be comfortable, be confident, be sure about it, and just trust yourself and trust that you know what's best for you. Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, the very first step is about self-validation, about giving ourselves permission, you know, to really build our businesses the way that we need them to be. Yeah, cool. Oh, crikey. Well, I found that really interesting. I'm sure that everybody else has. Tamara, thank you so much. Can you tell us what would be the best way for people to um, connect with you? Oh, thank you so much for having me. As you know, I really love talking about policies and procedures and and uh, and wordings and, and things like that. So uh, people can find me at Private Practice Support Community on Facebook and at Private Practice Paperwork. Right. OK, I'll put the links to those in the show notes below. So if you're listening to this and you want to go and connect with Tamara, then go and have a look. But didn't you say that you've got um, a free cancellation policy um, like mini course? I do. I've got a free uh, cancellation <laughs> policy course, which I completely forgot. How could you mention. forget that? <laughs> I don't know, but it's a real... But it's a real kind of, I like to call it like deep dive into cancellation policies. And, and it walks you through all the different possibilities. Uh, my lawyer approved wording, which I suggest that you read out loud and change into your own vernacular. Um, and also lots of examples and, and ways of doing things. Perfect. So, so for anybody who's a little bit on the fence about what they want to have as their timing for cancellation policy or anything, then this would be the perfect place for people to go and really have a proper think about it, which is, and what I love about you, because you, you've got private practice paperwork, of course, and it's all lawyer, it's all been done, not just, it's you working with lawyers, isn't it? And working it out to be like best quality. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think we can all write our policies and, and that's absolutely fine. There isn't any there isn't any requirement to have something looked at by a lawyer, but I, I do like to have all my my T's crossed and my I's dotted, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Tamara. That was absolutely fantastic. And I've really enjoyed it. I know everybody else will. If you want to learn more about cancellation policies, I've got a link to Tamara's course below, which is absolutely free. And um, thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
So you can have a policy to suit you. Anything from no cancellation fee at all, right up to requiring a month's notice for any sort of change. That's interesting, isn't it? And the most important thing is it's all about clarity. So handled well, your cancellation policy can help to protect you and also the added bonuses. It can model boundaries to your clients. So I would suggest take some time to work out what you want your policy to be and why, because the more clear that you are, the better it is both for you and your clients and the less stressful it's going to feel as well. Now, I do hope that you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, please be sure to hit subscribe so you get the latest episodes delivered directly to your device. And I'll share details of how to connect with Tamara and her website for private practice paperwork and her love online therapy below. And I'd love to connect with you. So you can find me over on Instagram where you'll see me there as Grow Your Private Practice. It's all lowercase, no spaces or LinkedIn. And that's just Jane Travis. So have a fantastic day and I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the show. And while you're there, I'd love it if you could leave me a big, shiny five-star review. Bye.